edition of my dating and relationship podcast. As usual, I am your host Chantal Hyde and today we've got something really neat going on. I'm conducting an interview with the amazing Mara Santo Domingo and Mara's going to talk to us about the heaviness of expectations and their effect on relationships. Now, Mara is a registered massage therapist working here at the Collective in Kitchener, Ontario. This is a fantastic place that takes a collective approach to healing mind, body, and soul. We do something I don't think I've seen anybody else do, which is look at people as a whole and see how we can heal them completely. And Mara's part here is to not only loosen you up and make you feel amazing with his great massage skills, but he also finds restrictions within you, in your spirit and in your physical body. And he helps you restore movement in both parts of that. And that's something we all do here. You know, not only am I a dating and relationship coach, but I help you find the things that are hurting you and, and making you vomit negativity into your relationships or, or push away people who might love you or, or habits that you might have that keep you from really finding the love of your life. And, and you know, I got to say, we all in this collective have such a strong spiritual approach to your life and to healing and it's such an incredible thing to see and I'm super proud to be a part of it. I'm super happy to be sitting across from Mara today so that we can talk about how he views relationships. You know Mara's been meditating for 10 years and when I when I sat down with him before having this conversation I said you know Mara people are going to want to know what makes you qualified to have this conversation with me and he's like um I don't I'm not sure and I said Mara how long have you been meditating for? And he said, 10 years. I go, that's what makes you qualified. Because when you meditate, and I had said this over and over again, it's like the universe starts feeding you the knowledge you need to have to have what it is that you want. So, Mara, welcome. Thank you for introducing me, Chantel. How are you doing today? I'm so good. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. I love your energy. It always just like, like the moment he talks to you, it just washes over you like this warm blanket. And and it's really sweet. Like I, I often see Mara just sitting there with his finger steepled and just like moments of meditation in between conversations, just whenever he finds quiet time, he always, he's always gathering himself and just collecting his energy and making sure that he's putting out the right vibe. And this is what we are delivering for you today. Um, so Mara, Tell me about what we're going to talk about today. So today I'm hoping to help people understand a little bit of a new perspective that I've been trying out, which um, I guess can be identified as three pillars that you can follow to learn what unconditional love feels like. Nice. And what are those three pillars? So one of the first pillars is understanding the heaviness of expectation. 
The second one is knowing the art of saying what you mean. And then lastly is knowing how to celebrate exchange. And I would like to be able to say that as seeing the beautiful other. Seeing the beautiful other. Mm -hmm. Now for somebody who might wonder what that means, how would you define that? I would define the beautiful other as seeing the person, whoever may be in front of you, and seeing them for who they are rather than projections that you might have of who they should be, and actually getting a chance to celebrate what they have to offer to you as they are. When you say projections of, of who you think they should be, where do you think we pick up these ideas of these projections? Well, a lot of the things that we end up actually applying in our relationships later on in life, I find we mostly learn from our parents and the things that they kind of show us as to what love can be. And so as we grow up, we experiment and see what does work and what doesn't. And sometimes what tends to happen is we'll begin to expect something out of an exchange with the other. And these can be where these projections, projections start up. And I, I got to say, like, sometimes these projections, because automatically people are thinking a projection of ideally how a person should be, but sometimes the projection that we put on other people is, is sort of a vomit from the past. Like, we seek what's familiar even if it's wrong for us, and if we came from combative households, then the projection that we're putting on somebody across from us could be you're supposed to respond to a fight in a certain way, or you're even supposed to start fights. Mm -hmm. And if that projection isn't coming true, we start starting the fights for them mm -hmm. in order to create the expectation mm -hmm. that we're going into the relationship with. So let's talk about this first pillar, which you called freedom from expectation. Mm -hmm. So freedom from expectation, I got the idea from this old quote where basically if you carry a log for your entire life, it will become very heavy. And sometimes it's as simple as putting the log down to be free of that weight. In this case, the weight is expecting another person to respond to you in a certain way because you approach an interaction with the idea that you should be responded to in a certain way as opposed to being open to an experience of allowing the interaction to unfold in the way that it can possibly unfold, thus leading to the availability to surprise. The availability to surprise. I love that. Mm -hmm. um, I love, love, love that. I want you to delve a little bit more into this idea, the availability of surprise and releasing expectations and how that can benefit people. So one of the reasons why I personally have found it was worth experimenting with letting go of my own personal expectations is because of these two questions I've asked myself. Do I want to travel on a downward spiral of not getting what I'm looking for? Or would I rather come to my experiences with a pleasant ongoing surprise out of what life is actually showing me? And so the surprise can be coming from either both good or bad. However, usually if we try to box an idea to an encounter, then if we succeed in meeting what we had created for that box, we'll be able to experience something that is pleasant. But if we had not had a box to begin with, and we experience something that exceeds our imagination, it's quite a surprise to even be able to see that life can happen in that way. Some people have a fear of the unknown. 
And it can be scary stepping into something new, even if that something is better. Mm -hmm. What would you say to those people? That in order to create a life that you're not currently living, you have to go towards something that's completely new. Absolutely. Yeah, great answer. I would say the exact same thing. Maybe that's why I think it's a good answer. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I heard it from you. <laughs> oh my goodness. And number two, the art of saying what you mean. Mm -hmm. This one I think has become my personal favorite. The art of saying what you mean, I think, takes a lot of courage because we often make our words pretty in order to hide our true intent because we don't feel as we would be accepted for who we actually are. So in saying what you mean, you not only begin to honor the things that you actually need to be expressed, but you also begin to develop that integrity of being able to trust yourself to express the things that you need. And that can be scary. Like, I know for myself, speaking the truth mm -hmm. to someone that you love can be very scary. Mm -hmm. How can people develop the courage to do that? That brings me to a pretty good point. So similarly to the last pillar, I had also tried a this or that question where I asked myself, would I rather spend time in a conversation not being heard? Or would I rather be surrounded by the people who value what I have to say? Mm. What would be a good method of saying what you mean? How can, if somebody were to, if, if they're thinking, okay, I want to say what I mean, but how do I approach that? What do I do? What are, what are actionable tools that they can use? One of the first steps that I would suggest for somebody who has experienced most of their life hiding the things that they mean would be, to start soft and start with something like just being able to express the colors that you would want to wear for that day and also communicating to another person that you've decided on it because you felt like it. So saying what you mean doesn't necessarily have to be mean-spirited in any way and I think that if it's approached from the intent of communicating love to the other you will be able to express it in such a way that is not convoluted in fear. And if they do get a negative response from somebody, what should their next step or thought be? I would actually consider this to be step zero. So before you interact or engage, determine are you okay with whatever response can be arriving towards you? And is what you have to say more valuable to you? than the possibility of that response that can arrive to you, whether it's negative or a positive thing. I love that. And then we have the third pillar, the celebration of exchange. Mm -hmm. So the celebration of exchange is to look at whoever you're interacting with and seeing them just as they are for who they are and still wanting to give to be able to enhance their experience of life. So as you can see, this doesn't come from a point of view of giving so that I can enhance my experience of life, but more so because I see that I have value to give to the right people. And in being able to provide my gifts to those people, I can then see their life change and their experience become more rich. And this in turn enables me to 
experience the joy of their experience. So it's almost like free happiness. Mm. And the key here is the right people. Correct. How do you know if you're with the wrong people? I suppose those kind of people will be the ones that will have their own projections towards you. So if you have taken the courage to follow a new path of trying unconditional love and the people that you're trying towards are not willing to reciprocate that or even explore the possibility of it, then perhaps it's something to consider whether or not those are the right of interactions that you want to foster for the rest of your life. Because in the end of it all, only we are the ones that are responsible to the quality of life that we're creating for ourselves. Can you tell us a story about how you maybe if there was a time where you've put this into practice in the beginning stages when you were exploring this and you saw how it developed for you? For sure. So in my time of meditation, over the years I've come across certain people who would seek my thoughts on certain topics within their life. And in the beginning, I would want to offer my advice because for the first time I felt as though I was being heard. However, because I was wanting to offer my advice for the sake of me being heard, it became a conditional form of giving where I would no longer give my advice further if I felt I wasn't being heard. So as I began to transition that of offering my advice regardless of not what if they would hear me, I began to notice that those were the same people who actually began to cultivate years long of relationships with me in not only enriching my capacity as a meditator, but also learning from their experiences as themselves and how they grow through the practices. Have you taught other people how to use these three pillars? I have not. I would say I've only more recently come to an understanding of how I've began to use them uh, on an ongoing basis without necessarily having to think about it so often. Mm. It's become habit for you? Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a beautiful thing. It is. I've, I would say that every single day that I experience now is filled with so much gratitude, both for the things that I get to see others express and the gratitude that others express towards me for holding that space for them. What do you feel is the ultimate lesson you'd like people to take away from this? To achieve freedom from the ideas of our concepts, of the things that we've received as we grow up from sources around us, the best way to shine a light to it would be to do things with no conditions attached mm -hmm. and to give whether or not it will be returned, to give whether or not it will be appreciated or, re or rejected. Right. I can tell you how I've put these into practice with my, I gotta say, starting with my relationship with my husband, because mm -hmm. really when I started truly coming into myself and delving into unconditional love it was in the last four years mm -hmm. to be honest mm -hmm. and it came about when I started meditating and, and truly decided to get a hold of myself and get my emotions under control 
and and as we speak of these three pillars I see how they unfolded in my own relationship and the first one freedom from expectation is what I call detaching your emotional roller coaster from your partner's ride mm -hmm. and just saying you know what I'm, I'm not expecting you to be or do anything but I'm also not expecting myself to ride your ups and downs mm -hmm. I'm going to be in control of myself and if you are not in control of yourself at this moment maybe by me modeling that behavior you will learn to control yourself as well mm -hmm. and allowing him to have his emotions to have his ups and downs and me not taking responsibility for them mm -hmm. um, and then the second part came into being which is the art of saying what you mean and I stopped having angry exchanges with my husband but what I started saying was that's not fair mm -hmm. so when my husband would come home and he would unleash an angry tirade on me because he wasn't meditating and he hadn't shrunk in his amygdala and his amygdala was overactive and it was creating pulses of fear and anxiety mm -hmm. inside of his head and because we are taught to look outside of ourselves for a source yep. usually we'll see the first person beside us and go you must be it yeah and so he would come home and he'd say you do this and I'd say when was the last time you remember me doing that because I had started taking control of myself mm -hmm. and then he would think and he'd say well it's been three or four or five months whatever that honest answer was mm -hmm. And I'd say, it's not fair that you're saying I am doing things that I haven't done for several months. Mm -hmm. And so I began to speak the truth and Good. my truth. And my truth was I was in a much better place and taking control of myself. Mm -hmm. And then my husband, and I say this, when you start doing these steps, the person who loves you will follow your lead. Of course. And that is what my husband started doing. Mm -hmm. And now we had this beautiful celebration of exchange. Yeah. Because what was gone was the anger and the hurt and the frustration mm -hmm. because what I pulled him into was a better present moment. Mm -hmm. And we started enjoying our love for each other mm -hmm. on a much more authentic plane, which was free from baggage, yeah. free from static, and having what I knew we could always have because I always felt it. Mm -hmm. which was the voice in my head saying it could be so good yeah and it, it can got be to that stage that's amazing thank you so much for sharing that mm -hmm. um as you shared that there was something that i noticed was kind of uh, a common theme across your evolution in the last few months that you've paid attention to which is that you began to take control of your journey and i think that that's really important because as I'd mentioned earlier, each of us has something very valuable to give. And if we don't take control of our journey, that value becomes dispersed and we end up spending it either in the wrong direction, which leads us to bitterness and frustration, or we end up believing that we don't deserve to feel that way. And I think that through practicing unconditional giving, we can then see that no matter who it is in front of us, we are still valuable and we still deserve to feel how we want to feel. I love, I love how you're saying deserve because I don't, I don't think we were put here to suffer. I think we were put here to understand the difference yeah. between love and suffering. Mm -hmm. And so yes, to experience suffering so we could understand love mm -hmm. because you don't know the night without the day. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but we are designed for love. When I look at our biology, yeah, we are designed for love. And I love that you touch on the fact that we deserve to experience it on a very real, fundamental, and spiritual level. Mm-hmm. Yes. Thank you, Mara. You're welcome. Thank you. I love this conversation. We will have more. We <laughs> I look forward to them. So thank you guys for listening, for being a part of this. And if you have any questions, if you have any comments, feel free to reach out and let me know. And if there's anything you'd like for me to say tomorrow on your behalf, let me know. And as usual, I love you and I will talk to you soon. <laughs>